0: Just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers, it's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion, yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back with the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope all is going well with you. So far, so good for me. (laughs) we still got a lot of the week left, so we'll see what happens here. You know, prior to coming on TikTok and this podcast, I spent like four years during the Trump administration on Facebook. I'm an old guy. I don't know anything about social media, so I went on Facebook. And uh, I had pretty much the same attitude on Facebook that I had on TikTok or this podcast. Meaning I'll speak my mind, and when I see something stupid, like the Trump administration, I'm going to speak out. And I've told you before, that got me in a little trouble with my own family, my uh, brother-in-law and my sister. They're big-time Trump humpers, and we had our tete-a-tete around Christmas. I've told you that story. And uh, they aren't very fond of me right now, but you know what? I don't care. As long as I'm fighting on the right side of history... The people on the wrong side of history can fuck themselves because I'm not going to bend at all for somebody who wants to hurt this country and ultimately hurt the people I care about, my kids, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, when those come around. So I'm at a point in my life where if you're a fan of Donald Trump, even still, after all these four and a half years and all that you've seen and all that you've heard I don't care about our history. It's hard to forgive somebody who's trying to damage the very thing that we're looking to preserve in order to make it a safe, good place for our kids and grandchildren. So if you've done that, at least in my estimation, you are the enemy. You will always be the enemy, and you can't be redeemed from that situation, whether you be my sister, my brother-in-law, or a friend growing up. And that's why I'm talking about this right now. I grew up in South Minneapolis, and it was a pretty normal existent. I lived in an upper-middle-class neighborhood. A lot of my friends lived in middle-class neighborhoods. I had a lot of good friends there. Now, growing up in the 60s and 70s, much different than uh, what our kids experienced. It was a little rougher in the 70s. I got to tell you, the 70s could have been a little crazy. As well as they were fun and exciting, there was some crazy stuff going on. Lots of fights, lots of drugs. Lots of weird shit. One of the most biggest things I'm disappointed by, now that I've grown up and I look back on my history back when I was a child or even a young adult, and I think back to all my friends back there. And I had a number of friends. We had groups of guys that hung out, had fun, got drunk, got crazy, played football, went to church together, all that stuff. And during all that time, we... uh, fought about things, argued about things, uh, and we had a lot of fun and we agreed on a lot of things. We stood up for one another. But the one thing we never ever talked about from the time I can remember till the time we went off to college and kind of went our separate ways was politics. Never, ever talked about politics. Oh, somebody might say the president or the governor sucks, but there was no real adversarial lines when it came to politics amongst my friends. So I never really had a real read on what my neighborhood buddies were thinking like. Now, when this Trump administration started in 2016, my eyes were opened up because I'm seeing a lot of my friends from South Minneapolis, big Trump humpers. I go, what? You grew up in the same place I grew up. You went to the same schools I went to, and you're this stupid, you're this ignorant, Now, while I was doing this on uh, Facebook, doing the things you see here on the podcast or on TikTok, I got my share of kickback. I got people arguing and fighting with me about Donald Trump. And from 2016 on, I told everybody that he's a piece of shit. He will do nothing but bad for this country. And he will be the biggest failure of a president we've ever seen. Turns out I was right. But it wasn't hard to read. All he had to do was look at him, listen to him, and watch what he did. You don't have to be a genius to figure that out. And that's why I assume some of my boyhood friends would ultimately see that. I know they're not stupid. Well, now I question it. But you would think that after four or five years, you would figure it out and say, Yeah, you know, you're right. He is a dipshit. But these people still want to hold tight and after a while, I got tired of Facebook because it was all the same people We were arguing about this or the people that were supporting me, and I appreciate it. I had a fair number on Facebook, like a two, maybe 2,000 followers. I wrote some other stories about personal things and stuff, and people seemed to really like that. I don't put too many political things on Facebook anymore because it just doesn't interest me. My granddaughter has a birthday, my son has a birthday, some family event. I'll put it out there like everybody else does, and you get a great response. But just the other day, I was looking through my phone, and I saw I had a PM message from Facebook, which is unusual. I haven't really seen that much as of lately because I've not been as active on Facebook. And it was a message from a boyhead friend of mine from when I was very young up and through high school. I got to know him by going to church, same church with him, going to confirmation class, playing football with him on the same team from the time I was 10 years old till the time I was 14 years old. When we got to high school, he split to uh, one high school, I went to the other high school, but we high schools always got together for parties, so I always saw him. Now this guy came from a typical blue-collar family. He was kind of a smartass, maybe even kind of a bully at some point. Early on, he even tried to bully me a couple of times, but it didn't take long before I got bigger and stronger and smarter than he did. It didn't take long. And the one time he did bully and put him on his butt, and then things were different. Then all of a sudden, he was my friend. But since that time, I haven't really talked to him. I don't know what he's gone through in life, but I know what kind of guy he is, and he falls in line with some of these people from my childhood that I'm now seeing are these redneck racist trumplicants, and I don't know where they really come from. It has to come from stupidity more than anything, in spite of the fact I thought these guys were all right. But I have a lot of them in my neighborhood. A lot of people I grew up with are trumplicants. And I wonder sometimes, how do they get that way, and how did I get this way? Well, <laughs> I came to the only uh, only reason it, that I could come with, up with. I'm smarter than they <laughs> are. That sounds a little arrogant, but you have to be stupid to side with Donald Trump after these four and a half years. Just doesn't make any goddamn sense. So anyway, I get this PM from him and he sends me this (sighs) video of a doctored video of Joe Biden making a mistake when he's talking or something. And he sends some joke with it. Now, I don't ever hear from him, don't see him much on Facebook. I don't know where this is coming from, but I'm looking at it. My first reaction is says, oh, dude, you hit the wrong guy at the wrong time. I'm just going to tear you up because I know you better than anybody, and I know all your weaknesses, and I can make you sting. Well, of course, he knows all of my weaknesses, too, so he could make me sting. Then I thought, Yeah, what's the point of this? I've been kind of going away from Facebook anyway. I haven't seen this guy in 25 years. He knows what I write on Facebook. Maybe he knows what I do on TikTok and podcasts, too. Who knows? But what is the good reason to engage this idiot? And I decided I wasn't going to engage him much, if at all. But I couldn't help myself. I had to say something. So I just wrote him back a letter and I said, uh, well, Marty, it's been a long time since I heard from you. I can't say that I'm surprised uh, by you being a <laughs> Trump humper, <laughs> but you were never the brightest kid. And then I sent it, and then I blocked him because I don't want to hear from him. But, she, you know, that's what they're trying to do. These people try to trigger you to engage you in an argument. And honestly, for many years, I engaged these people. And over that time, I found out it doesn't do any good. They don't listen. They can't think critically. And no matter what you tell them, if you proved it to their face, they're not going to change their mind. So what's the point of even arguing with them? And when you get to TikTok, you get these people who attack your, your account, try to take you down. There's no point of risking that if you're dealing with somebody like this. But this is something we're all going to have to go through to a certain extent. We're all going to have to deal with friends and family that have been strongly behind Donald Trump. And we take great offense to it because of the damages done to our country and our democracy. And how can we ever forgive that? For me, I don't think I can. I don't think I ever can. Because that's so egregious, so bad, that I'm not willing to forgive anybody. And that may be a bad attitude. That may be that the Christian way. But as far as I'm concerned, if you're hurting my kids or you're hurting my grandkids or great-grandkids or the future of this country, there's really no going back from that. That is the absolute worst, most egregious offense you could commit. So I'm not going to forgive. I just can't. So let's talk about some stuff that's going on in the news. I don't know if you heard this, but in Richmond, Virginia. Now, Richmond, Virginia was the capital of the Confederacy back in the uh, Civil War times. That's where all the people that uh, were running the Confederacy, like Jefferson Davis, who was the president. And now Richmond, Virginia stands after the Civil War. And there was this huge statue on donated land by the family of Robert E. Lee. And there was this huge statue of Robert E. Lee on a horse. It's huge. It was put up a couple of generations after the Civil War. So it's been sitting on this site for 131 years. No doubt there's plenty of people of color and white people that are offended by this and have wanted this taken down for some time. Well, today was that day. It took a long time. It took a lot of work. It took a lot of effort. But that statue of Robert E. Lee came down. And here's what's always confused me about all these Civil War leaders and their statues. Who builds statues to the losers? Isn't the winners the ones that you pay tribute to, build statues to? But instead, we've got Robert E. Lee, a man who led a group of terrorists against this country, a man that fought for racism, that fought for slavery, and we're going to put him on a pedestal, literally, in statue form, and praise him for all the good deeds he did. Well, he did no good deeds. And as I say, he lost. And not only did he lose, he surrendered unconditionally. I mean, they got their ass whipped. Why would you memorialize the losers? Now, a lot of the racists and the people down in that area are all upset about taking down what they call their history. You're trying to rewrite history. You're trying to erase what our history was meaning the Confederacy and the Civil War. And I disagree. It's not a racing history. It's just taking down celebrating criminals, celebrating racist and terrorists like the Confederacy. Now, people will argue with me that they weren't the Confederacy. Yeah, they were. They fought against the United States of America. They tried to separate from the United States of America. They fought horrible wars, and hundreds of thousands of Americans died in that war because of what they started. And they did it because they didn't want to give up slavery. Now, they'll say it wasn't about that. And what they'll say is it's about the federal government taking control of state rights. States should have the power to do that. But that's just code. The power they were trying to take away from them is slavery. So it was about slavery. Let's be honest. Anything that was going on that was good, that was productive, that helped the economy down in the southern portion of this country had to do with slavery. How do you not make money if you've got a bunch of people working for free for you? And then you mistreat them. And now you're going to fight to maintain that law? You're terrorists. You treated people horribly. You're racists. And now you want to build a monument to them. But now you tell us we take them down and you're all butthurt because you think we're rewriting history. No, we're not rewriting history. History is history. I mean, let's be honest. Charles Manson was a horrible criminal in this country. He's part of history. It's in the books. It's on the Internet. But we don't have any statues of him. No statues of Charles Manson because why would you have a statue of Charles Manson or any other serial killer for that matter or any other criminal? You wouldn't have a statue only in the case of the Confederacy because these people think it's part of their history. Well, the fact of the matter is the statues aren't really the problem. It's the people that support having those statues and pay tribute to those statues. And that's about systematic racism. Now, a lot of people will say, there's no systematic racism. Yes, there fucking is. There is absolutely systematic racism. There's white privilege. And they'll say, I didn't have any privilege because I worked hard for everything I got. Well, if that's your answer to saying why you didn't have white privilege, you don't have a fucking clue what white privilege is. I'll tell you a good example of what white privilege is. If I'm driving down the street, I happen to be speeding, cop pulls up, pulls in behind me. There's nowhere in my mind to think that this guy's going to pull me out of the car, cuff me, tase me, maybe shoot me. I know that's not going to happen. I'm just an old guy going down the street Maybe speeding, going to get a ticket, maybe get yelled at and be on my way. Now, if you're a young black man or even an older black man and you're doing the very same thing that I did, as soon as that cop pulls up behind you, there's a lot of anxiety. Because you know what cops do to people of color. And you've got that worry in your heart, in your mind as he approaches the car. What's going to happen? Am I going to be safe? Am I going to be killed? That right there is the example of white privilege. It's not about money. It's not about what kind of job or how hard you work. It's how you're being treated by the system. And the system in this country isn't treating people of color very well. When you go to vote during an election, you can do pretty much whatever you want. But now we have states all over the country trying to inhibit voting from people of color. And why? Well, because the Republicans know people of color largely vote Democratic, and if they can inhibit the black or people of color from voting, they will still have a chance of winning. They're losing their grasp, and people of color are becoming more prominent in this country. And they know as soon as they become uh, the majority and white people become the minority. They will have lost their grasp, their control, their power. It's going to go away. Things seem to be tight when it comes to the vote right now. But that's only temporary. When things start going the other way, the Republicans will fade away, assuming they make it through this mess with all the investigations and indictments and such. So they know that. So when you want to talk about white privilege and you don't know what it is, but you think you do, Think about that scenario when you get pulled over by the police and then when the young black man gets pulled over by the police. The different ways you're treated is your white privilege. The fact that nobody's trying to steal your voting rights like they are with the people of color, that is your white privilege. Or even even uh, the situation with the anti-abortion stuff, and we'll talk more about that later, in Texas— We're taking away rights from women. That goes way back. And women didn't have rights that you'd expect they would have, even in the 60s. Did you know in the 1960s a woman couldn't have a credit card? What about voting? It took a long time before they could vote. It's all about old white men, their white privilege, because they have the power and the choices to to inhibit other people's power. And that's what they do. And that is white privilege. So they took down the statue of Robert E. Lee and thank God for that because he's a fucking loser. He, was an, he surrendered unconditionally. They're not trying to rewrite history. He'll be in the history books forever and ever because of who he was and what he did. It just means that this country is no longer going to celebrate terrorist criminals and losers. That doesn't seem hard to figure out. I don't know why some of these uh, base people of Donald Trump don't don't understand that. But you know, Robert E. Lee and Donald Trump did have a lot in common. They were both racists and they were both losers. And you people want to celebrate them. Well, you want to celebrate losers, that's fine. But they can't do anything anymore because they're gone. Robert E. Lee is dead. The whole Confederacy idea is dead. It's not coming back. Donald Trump is out of office, and there's no way he's coming back. So don't worry about these statues. Worry about the history that is the history. And let's not celebrate animals. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. We are back and I have a few short stories that we want to talk about regarding things happening in this country. Let's talk about September 11th. This September 11th, just a few days away, is going to be the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Now, this was one of the most horrific, tragic days we have ever seen in this country. It parallels what happened in Pearl Harbor back in the 40s. Our country was attacked by a foreign entity, attacked the city of New York, crashed into the uh, World Trade Centers, knocked them down, killed 3,000 Americans, left New York City in a shambles. So it's 20 years the anniversary, and we need to pay tribute to those people that died. We need not to forget those people that suffered and struggled and did all they could to save as many people as they did and tried to bring back New York City to normal, which was a Herculean effort. I mean, the destruction in New York City was amazing, not to mention the Pentagon in Washington, D.C. Well, now, of course, when you're president of the United States and you have an event like this, it's your responsibility to be the heart and soul of this country and pay tribute on those anniversaries. So come September 11th, your president, everybody's president, Joe Biden, the man who was legally and constitutionally elected to the office in November and uh, inaugurated on January 20th, he will be at ground zero where everything happened in New York City. And people will be there, including him, to commemorate those people who died, those people who fought and worked so hard during that tragedy. He'll be there to commemorate the city and the troubles they went through. He'll be there, as a president should be. Now, Donald Trump is supposed to be the leader of the Patriots. But where is Donald Trump going to be on September 11th? Well, I'll tell you. Donald Trump is going to be at a shitty half ass promotion for a pay-per-view boxing event. And it's not only going to be a shitty promotion, it's going to be a shitty fight. Because guess who's fighting? The former world champion Evander Holyfield. Now, Evander was a great fighter in his day, but right now, he's 58 years old. He's three years younger than me, for Christ's sake. And 15 years ago, when he was having some heart trouble and things like that, he couldn't even get a license to fight in any state in America. But somehow, someway, at 58 years old, this guy's going to fight again. I don't know why he would do that. It makes no sense. And the guy he's fighting is a retired 44-year-old MMA fighter. Um, and, and, and it's absolutely ridiculous. It's going to be a horrible fight. And to be perfectly honest with you, I'm I'm disgusted because I've always been a big boxing fan. And I watched boxing through the 70s and 80s where we had some truly great fighters and some great fights. And I enjoyed, I, I went to Las Vegas. I went to a number of fights. I covered fights while I was a journalist. And I loved boxing when it was real and legitimate. Now we got this fight, Vander Holyfield. An elderly man fighting a retired and older MMA fighter. But here's the good part. I was going to tell you where Donald Trump's going to be. Well, he's going to be at this pay-per-view event. Not honoring 9-11 and the people who died and fought in that. He's going to be at a pay-per-view boxing event. And he and his son are going to do ringside announcing. The fuck does Donald Trump know about boxing? And and how is Donald Trump Jr. going to be sober enough to be even understandable in his, in his color commentary of this boxing match? But here's the kicker. Now, this pay-per-view is obviously going to cost money to watch. I don't know who in the fuck is going to watch it. It is going to be the worst event you've ever seen on TV when it comes to sports. I won't even call it sports. It'll be a geriatric wrestling match is what it's going to be. But they're going to give color commentary. So you're going to pay to see the pay-per-view event. But you know what? If you want to hear Donald Trump and Donald Trump Jr.'s commentary, you got to pay an extra 50 bucks. Now, who the fuck is going to be doing that? Well, the only people who would possibly do that, if they have the money, in fact, to do it, are the people that are are bitching about the Robert E. Lee statue being taken down. It's going to be the base, the racists, the rednecks, the toothless cult members that follow Donald Trump. But that's what Donald Trump's doing. Joe Biden's paying tribute to the people who need to be paid tribute to. Donald Trump, just another fucking grift. So you patriots, tell me what a great guy, what a patriot this piece of shit is. Let's move on real quickly. I just heard a quote from, uh, from Mitch McConnell, and he's talking in regards to this infrastructure bill. We have the bipartisan bill, and we have the larger reconciliation bill, $3.5 trillion. And this is what Mitch McConnell said. It just struck me funny. He said I pray for Democratic senators to block Biden's plans for the infrastructure. Now who he's talking about there is uh Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema. These are Democratic senators but they often side with the Republicans and they are the fly in the ointment for these infrastructure deals, at least the reconciliation deal. But I thought it was an interesting comment. I pray for them senators to block Biden's plans. That's Mitch McConnell. Well, Mitch, who the fuck are you praying to? It ain't God. It ain't my God. Because my God doesn't like the shit you're doing. So who are you praying to? Satan? Some fucking uh, animal with horns? Who are you praying to? I get a kick out of Mitch McConnell acting like a religious guy now after all the atrocities he's inflicted on people in this country, on kids in this country. He's inflicted that in this country, and he has the audacity to say, I'm going to pray to God about this, and hopefully it won't happen. Well, let's talk about the infrastructure bill quickly. We know that there's a bipartisan bill that the Republicans want passed just as much as the Democrats because the Republicans finally want to have say, say something when the 2022 elections come up and say, well, we did this for you. We did something positive for you. But the problem with it is, is this bipartisan bill isn't going to pass unless – the progressives in the Democratic Party have some kind of guarantee that the $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill passes, too. So if the progressives do what they say they're going to do, neither will pass. But the Republicans really want the bipartisan to pass, so do many Democrats. Now, the progressives are saying, you don't give us the $3.5 trillion, we ain't passing that. So we're kind of in a stalemate here with Democrats, progressive Democrats, uh, moderate Democrats, Republicans. Everybody wants something. So Manchin is kicking his head up now and saying, you know, I'm not really feeling that $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill, which means he's going to fuck up the uh, the bipartisan bill. You see, in order to get the reconciliation, we need all 50 Democratic senators to vote for it. And if Joe Manchin says, no, nah, I'm not going to vote for it, then it won't go. Joe's all caught up and excited about his power, his newfound power. But it isn't going to work that well for him. He says, well, I could maybe do $1.5 Well, it was interesting what uh, Senator Schumer and Joe Biden essentially said. No, we're going for the 3500000000000 trillion. You're either with us. Or you're against us. That means Joe Manchin and cinema. if she were to vote against this uh, reconciliation bill, means you're the enemy of the president. You're the enemy of the Senate House leader or Senate leader. Now, whether or not that has an impact on them, I don't know. But I'm very tired about Joe Manchin having this much power. He's from West Virginia. He's one little guy. He's probably pretty corrupt from what I've heard. And he has this power and he's trying to exercise it. So by Joe Manchin doing what he's doing now, does that mean the whole thing's going to go to shit and none of the infrastructure bills will pass? No, it doesn't. It's just all posturing. It's just all game playing. It's negotiations. He's going to try to get them to negotiate. He's trying to act as if, the Democrats are more concerned with getting what they want than he is about getting the bipartisan bill, and that's just not true. Joe Manchin doesn't have much to show for his time in the Senate, so he needs something to show for his alleged work. So what this means is there's going to be more negotiations, and maybe the Democrats have to um, concede a couple of things, a couple of minor things, so that maybe, just maybe, they might it might be a 3.2 trillion dollar reconciliation bill joe needs to save face and he'll give in at some point but he'll want to have something to show that he says i fought for this i fought my hardest it's all about perception that's all he cares how he looks and it's just going to make this whole process longer longer to get what's absolutely needed in this country, infrastructure and help for human infrastructure. Apparently the Republicans don't like that, but they aren't going to have much choice. Just because Joe Manchin is stepping up like this, don't get excited. He's not going to be able to shut this down. Joe Biden's not going to allow it. The Democratic Party is not going to allow it. I mean, the the $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill has been passed through the House. So it's only got the step of the Senate. And if this is promoted properly and they shut it down, they are going to have hell to pay because they will have nothing to show for their work in Washington, D.C. At least Joe has the uh, COVID relief bill and all the good it did there, the economy, is is moving well. But here's what you need to understand. The Republicans don't want to give the people any help. But if they did, if they did, if you see both these infrastructure bills pass, you're going to see this economy flourish. You're going to see a lot of jobs. You're going to see a lot of jobs that pay more money. Now, I don't know in anybody's mind where that's a bad idea. And they'll say, well, we don't want to increase the debt. It's getting crazy in there. Yeah, it's getting crazy. You know why? Because Donald Trump raised our debt by $7 trillion in the four years he was there and has absolutely nothing to show for it except tax breaks for the rich people. So don't tell me you're worried about the debt. And frankly, with these infrastructure bills, because more people will be making more money, there'll be more taxes collected, there'll be more businesses flourishing, more taxes collected and we're going to take a lot of the money from the rich they don't pay taxes as we found out if they just paid their fair share we could cover a lot of things and truth and honesty will win out so don't get too upset about what joe Manchin's doing he's just posturing he thinks he's more powerful than he is and he's just not that much more powerful so you got to uh you got to hold strong and watch what happens in the next few weeks. It will be interesting. Something will pass. The bipartisan bill will pass. And they aren't going to do it unless the infrastructure bill on the reconciliation side passes for $3.5 trillion. It may change a little bit. But it will pass. And it will be good for this country. And it will make Joe Biden and the Democrats look great. And the Republicans will take some credit for the bipartisan as well. Well, They'll probably take credit for the reconciliation bill, even though not one of them will vote for it, kind of like they did with the COVID relief bill. All right. Let's talk about the anti-abortion law in Texas. We all know what's going on there. They've got this anti-abortion law, and they have no accounting for women that have gotten pregnant through incest or— Rape? And I swear to God, Governor Greg Abbott has to be one of the stupidest human beings I've ever seen. Even if he believed what he said, he should be smart enough not to fucking say it, but not the case. He's stupid enough to say it. Somebody asked Greg Abbott and said, This anti abortion thing, what about the poor women that are raped? They can't get an abortion? And with all seriousness, with all straightforwardness, Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, says, Well, I've talked to the law enforcement people, and what we're going to do is eliminate rape in Texas. And I thought, What the fuck are you saying? And then I thought to myself, if I was a journalist, my next question to Mr. Abbott would be this. I'd say, Greg, uh, fair enough. If you've got a plan to do that, Godspeed. God bless you. But my question would be this. If it were that easy to eliminate rape in Texas, why didn't you do it 100 years ago? Why is it just now coming to you that, hey, rape is a bad thing. We should probably stop it. Then we can go ahead with the anti-abortion. Let me suggest this. By saying what you said, as stupid as it is, it suggests to me that you're anti-abortion, but pro-rape. If you always had this opportunity in Texas to eliminate rape and you didn't, what more can I think other than you are pro-rape? You see what I mean here? This guy couldn't win for losing. He was better off just keeping his mouth shut. But as we know with Republicans, Donald Trump on down, they can't shut up. They keep stepping on their own dick. They keep shooting themselves in the foot because they can't shut up. And since they're stupid, they keep messing things up for themselves. This anti-abortion thing in Texas is going to go to shit on them. It's going to cause all kinds of problems in the elections. This whole thing is going to be repealed because it's absolutely ridiculous. It's pitting citizen against citizen to sue other people. It's not even a real law. And ultimately, this shit will be changed. This won't stand. I don't want you to worry about that because this is absolutely ridiculous. I want to talk quickly about the recall. We've uh, explained how the recall works. And we've got a lot of people worried about the recall. We know that uh, Gavin Newsom is up for recall. That's going to happen September 14th. I mean, we're talking a few days now. And the way it goes is, If fifty one percent or anything over fifty percent vote no on the recall with Gavin Newsom, everything will stand. Newsom will remain governor. But if they vote forty nine point nine percent under fifty percent, then they will go to the second question on the ballot was who should be the next governor? As we've seen recently, that governor is Lee Elder who is a radio talk show host. He's a black man, oddly enough. But he's a crazy racist. And you're going to say, well, he's black, he can't be racist. He's racist against his own people. He's, ra- he's, he's prejudiced against women. He's a horrible human being. But for whatever reason, he's got 26% in the polling of the Republican candidates. Now... The funny thing is is that if Gavin Newsom gets 49%, he loses, he's out. If Elder gets uh, 26%, he's in. He's the new governor. But I just want to tell you ahead of time, I've been reading into this and looking into that, reading about it and studying it. There's only been one occasion where a governor's been recalled and a new governor was put in. That was Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I think they found out that was a mistake. So the likelihood of this even happening is very slim. But still, there's a lot of people worried about it. Now, the thing about it is, in my perception, from what I'm seeing right now, the people that seem the most nervous about this are the Republicans, are Donald Trump, Republican senators and representatives. And you know how I know this? Because not unlike 2020, they're already starting to scream about election fraud. If Gavin Newsom wins, it's got to be election fraud. Now, how would they even know that? The election hasn't even been held. But they're already triggering people to say, oh, it's election fraud. Now, the reason they're doing this is because they know they're going to lose. They know they're done. So if they're done, they're going to have to make excuses and might as well go with the same old song, it's election fraud, and cause chaos and create some questioning about the election process. You can't tell me there's election fraud if the election hasn't been held as of yet. So that's not even a legitimate complaint. The fact that no election fraud has been found anywhere in the country to any extent, other than a few Republican fraud cases, it's not an excuse. That's not a thing. Gavin Newsom will win. The Republicans know this, and that's why they're doing what they're doing. And they'll be screaming like a stuck pig. But once again, they will lose. They will lose big time. Now, here's the funny thing. When we talk about losing, you would think you're a politician, and you lose once or twice, and you say, God, I'm done. I'm out of here. But for the last four and a half years, the Republicans have continually, continually lost every step of the way. Think of all the predictions that QAnon made. Not one of them was true. They said Donald Trump would win a landslide election in 2020. Didn't happen. Joe Biden won by 7 million votes. They said the election was stolen, but funny thing is, they went to every court in the land, including the Supreme Court, and they all said, you're full of shit. You don't know what you're talking about. They said that the election would be flipped on January 6th. Now, we didn't know. We had no idea that they were planning a coup, and they attempted a coup, but once again, they failed. Then Trump was supposed to be reinstated in March. Didn't happen. March came and went. No Donald Trump. Not a one. Or how about the Arizona audit? Yeah, that was going to deliver all kind of evidence of election fraud. Now, when the cyber ninjas, that impressive group, took it on, they said, in three weeks, we'll have the answers. We'll have the evidence for you. Funny thing is, it's been six months and we haven't heard jack shit about any evidence or anything that went wrong. These people clearly don't know what they're doing, and they can't find election fraud that doesn't exist. So once again, you lose. Then Mike Lundell had this cyber symposium just a few weeks ago, and he said he had evidence that would shake the world and that Donald Trump would be back in office on August 15th. Well, the cyber symposium went off. Nothing was revealed. In fact, his own... Uh, tech experts said, yeah, there's nothing here. I can't I can't make uh, lemonade out of lemons here because the lemons suck. There is no information. What you have is a bunch of bullshit. Turns out Lindell was conned by a con man, which is ironic because Lindell is a con man who's working for Donald Trump, who's a con man. It's three con men fucking each other over. It's, it's kind of funny when you think about it. Now, they also told us that COVID was a hoax. Not the case. 640,000 people have died. They said, don't mask up. Doesn't work. It'll take away your liberty. Fact of the matter is masks did work in a big way. And then they said, yeah, you don't want the vaccination. You don't want the vaccination because it's just a way to control you. They're going to put microchips in you. Well, now it turns out that those people that are unvaccinated are the only people dying. Yeah, it's you, Republicans, who are dying and good riddance. And I wouldn't care a bit if you did die because you chose not to be vaccinated. My only concern is, as you percolate all this COVID all around and get new variants, you put my grandchildren that can't be vaccinated because they're too young, you put them at risk. And that is a bridge too far. You want to fight? Start fucking with our kids. Start fucking with our grandkids. Now you're going to get people mad, and you'll see what real patriots do when they have a treasonist like you confronting them. But I will say this. Now, I just heard this story. For the Republicans out there, they perceive me as this, bleeding heart liberal, which isn't true, but okay, I'll accept that given the fact that I hate your Lord and Savior, Donald Trump. But I've heard from the deep state. Yeah, I talk to them all the time because oh, we're buddies, they're good guys, you know. We love Antifa, even though Antifa doesn't exist. But Antifa told me, the deep state told me, that Antifa is going to have drones on September 18th when our patriots Trumplicans are gonna have another get-together in Washington D.C. at the Capitol. Yeah, they say they're coming back, coming back to <laughs> coming back to end what they started. Well, you're fucking lost in the first place, dude. Now you're gonna come back and lose again. You bet your ass you're gonna lose again because it's gonna be a different story. Because the police aren't going to like you. The military isn't going to like you. The fences are going to be up again, and you're in fucking trouble. You aren't going to be able to do anything like you did last time. And if you do, if you try, there might be tragic consequences to it. But I wanted to give those Republicans a little bit of an inside track, just a little hint so they know what they're walking into. As I say, Antifa told me that they're going to have drones in Washington, D.C. on September 18th. And they're going to drop this invisible gas. And what it does is it sterilizes everybody it touches. So that means Republicans, Trumplicans, rednecks, racists, they won't be able to procreate. There'll be no more new little racists coming around. And that would be awesome. Now, being a fair guy, I need to tell you how to protect yourself. You man, what you do is you get a titanium protective cup, you know, like the ones we had in football when we were kids. It's got to be made of titanium. It's got to be made of titanium. And you ladies, you just wear those Depends, but they got to be lead-lined. They got to be lead-lined. And then you wear some hip boots. You do that, you won't lose your You won't be sterilized by Antifa. I promise you, just do that and you'll be taken care of. Don't want to see anybody get hurt. So when they drop that invisible gas to make you infertile, just protect yourself. (laughs) This is straight from Antifa, so you know, you know it's true. Jesus Christ, what a bunch of dumb shits. Anyway, we're running out of time. Got to go but i'll be back again soon. i might even have a couple of guests coming up which will be interesting. i'll tell you more about that when i figure out how to fuck to do it. so you have a good you have a good rest of the week and i'll be back in a day or two to talk some more shit with you. we'll see you then. thanks for listening to the rational boomer podcast. don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. we'll see you next time.